Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM. Well, for those of you who have never listened to our show, it's Ask Brian. It's A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N. We perform every Thursday, 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Our first show, actually our pilot, was in December of 2016, and the show started the first week of January 2017. So we're six years and seven months nearly done with the show. Quite a few episodes on We've had everyone on the show, the uh, CEO and founder of Learning Annex, the CEO and founder of Oatly, Oatly Milk, and numerous other CEOs and founders. Today, our show in each week discusses something about a business, either how to start a business, how to create a business, founder story of how they created something from nothing, or sometimes we will teach something about business. That's what the Yes Brian Show is all about. But most people want to understand why Ask Brian is spelled A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N when most people spell Brian B-R-I-A-N or B-R-Y-A-N. So we've come up with a couple of reasons why Ask Brian is spelled with an E. Tracy, give us one reason why Ask Brian is spelled with an E. Oh, I'm not only going to just give you one reason. I'm going to give you the number one reason, and it's because of our engineer, and we have a new engineer to introduce today. Hi, Dave. Yay! <laughs> Hello. Hi. Thank you guys we for also having have that me on. <laughs> I, love, I love that we get the big applause and then the hi. Yeah, so I guess maybe this is a little out of order, but based on Gage's enthusiasm, <laughs> I think, uh, isn't that one of your favorite E's, Peter? No. You know what it is. Excitement! <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would say that that was quite the contrast between Gage's enthusiasm and your excitement. But hey, they're all E's. And probably our most, our truly most influential E, we'll call it, because, again, our most important E is our engineer, of course, but our most influential E, if you will, is they are our experts, and that's really what the foundation of this show is built on, and our experts come from all different business categories, different backgrounds. Some of them have been serial entrepreneurs. Some of them have come from a corporate background where they ran multi-million dollar, billion dollar companies and then started their own thing. But one thing they all have in common is at least 10,000 hours invested in time of building their expertise. But our little mathematical formula, I think, is helpful to not intimidate people because usually 10,000 hours would be calculated upon 50 weeks a year at approximately 40 hours a week. Over the course of about five years, we give you that 10,000 hours. But, Peter, what is it that we say? Ain't nobody working 40 hours a week if they're just starting a business, right? Not only so a billion dollars behind them, 
Even then, I mean, even if you have a billion dollars behind you, which would be great, you still have to prove out your concept. You have to do all of these things. But our experts are pretty savvy, and we figure they're they're working no less than 40 and more. And so we're thinking it's about an average of a three-year uh, ramp up for expert status. But regardless of that, our show is built on the foundation of experts. And we have such a great expert that we're interviewing today, but we'll keep that a secret for later. Because we have more ease. One, of course, is empathy. And we have empathy for ourselves today because our beloved engineer Shane is moving on to a new chapter and adventure in his life, but we have empathy that he's doing that. But I don't know. He needs to have empathy for us, I think, maybe, right? Well, is it empathy or to increase his career skill level? Well, he's doing that, but maybe he needs to have empathy for us because we feel sad. I'll certainly miss you guys. Come on. I've got empathy. (laughs) We're trying to make you cry. Is it working? Do you feel bad for us? (laughs) I do feel bad for you guys, and I will miss our time together, certainly. Yes, but we have Gage now. No, we have Gage, who's so enthusiastic. (laughs) You're in good hands with Gage. I promise you are. I know we are, Gage. We're just messing with you. Don't worry. In the middle of our show, we're going to call him up on the show. You know, one thirty in the afternoon. What the hell is going on? Who is this? And then, boom, we'll just get him out of the head. Whoa there, Mr. Peter. No cursing on air. Yes, exactly, right? (laughs) I was like, there's a little thing called the FCC. It doesn't have an E in it. But it is an extraordinary organization. Well, there is an FEC. The FEC, the Federal Election Commission, what are you talking about? Well, yes, but they're not the ones that are monitoring the H-E double hockey sticks that you just dropped a few minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) We've done a lot worse, so don't worry. (laughs) And plus, we want to see if he's actually tracking the time. But, you know, there's a lot of words that we kind of left out. Yeah, I know. I need you to get me back on track. Throw me another one. Let me see if, if I can jump at that and, and remember what it is. Well, each week we try to educate people, and now I'm trying to educate Tracy about what our show is all about. Education. You know, like the uh, yeah. Pink Floyd song? We don't need no education. But we do song? need education. Yes, I do remember that song. You're not dating me. Well, I don't know. I because think it's it's a ti- because it's a timeless song, and everybody still knows that song, even though we know it when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> came out in the 1930s, you know. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> not that old. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, Tracy's favorite word is grease lightning is. What is grease lightning? Well, I don't know about Grease Lightning. I mean, I know it originated there, but I know we as... Well, that's the song. Grease Lightning is... Electrifying. You want me to say it again? I'm enthusiastic about that. I don't know about Uh, that. That's my own personal contribution to the ease, though. That's the one I got to bring to the table. So I'm really, really just very much attached to that one. Did you notice that? Yes, and Mr. O'Brien is very upset. Anyway, he's sitting at the pub drinking his his sorrows away because you mentioned his name. But without any further ado, we do have to get the show going, and you're going to be doing this interview today, and people are going to learn why you're doing this interview. I don't know why, but we'll figure it out pretty soon. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let me just take a moment to introduce our guest. Our guest today is a well-renowned trademark patent attorney and also an extraordinary radio talent and also an exceptional entrepreneur who founded a company called Legal Step. 
So join me in welcoming our guest today, Mr. Peter Bronstein. Yay! I like that clapping. That's amazing there, dude. Go ahead. Good job. All right. Let's go. We'll have to teach him. <laughs> well, I threw in my own yay just in case, because I understand he's just learning the rope. Exactly. Another E. Exactly. So go ahead. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you are the guest, that means I have to ask you the questions. <laughs> They're just not going to ask themselves, Tracy. Okay. I mean, Peter, unless you want me to well, put on a schizophrenic outfit on, I can do that, but go ahead. I mean, I actually think that would be pretty funny, but for today, we'll just stick with the uh, the, the, the protocol we have. Okay, so. Especially I since I was into... talking as an Alabama. Oh, my God, don't do that. That fake Southern accent. <laughs> people who have a genuine Southern accent are so offended by people who do. I don't even understand. Okay, this has nothing to do with our topic, but I got a soapbox. Why do they hire English actors to do American accents? And why do they hire people who are from, like, New York or have or American accents that aren't from the South to do Southern accents? Why don't they just hire Southern actors or actresses and have them actually use their real Southern accent? I don't know. I don't get it. I think most of the times they do. It's just a rarity. I guess based on the writer. <laughs> I guess based on the writer strike and everything else that's going on, they're probably just hiring whoever they can get at this point. Maybe I should try to get into Hollywood. It might be a good time. All right. Well, definitely. So, and you can get in as a realtor. Yeah, right. No, I couldn't even. Like, I couldn't even. That'd be, be about as good as you trying to do an Alabama act. <laughs> okay, don't, but let's get serious for a second. Okay, before we get into the details of legal steps, I would like to know the actual steps of your entrepreneurial journey because I know you've been on the show for a million years and you've done a ton of interviews, but we don't often get to learn your backstory. So tell us a little bit about, I know you're, you are from New York and I know you love baseball, I think, or just sports in general. I don't, I don't really know anything about sports, but I know you love them. But how did you get into the entrepreneurial world? I've always had a business sense. I started out, I got an accounting degree in college, and then I went to law school right away. And I always knew I wanted to do something business, create something. And so while I've been practicing law for the last 32 years, I've also always endeavored into different areas. So my first corporation I started was in 1996. It was called Incorporations, etc. And basically, you could, similar to a LegalZoom concept, where you could create and form corporations and trademarks online. But if back in those days, Google didn't even exist. This is 1996. Google was founded in 2001 and actually really didn't become popular until 2003. So they didn't have Google AdWords or any of those things back then. Social media didn't exist at that time. So the only way to advertise the market was through Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc. Magazine, which are offline things. And online, you could do a banner ad here and there. It was very, very difficult and tough to create. That was my first approach as an entrepreneur. And I've started numerous businesses since then. I don't want to go through the entire history, but I've tried a couple of different companies like the online incorporation business. I've also done an online trademark-only business. Then I created, as we well know, Ask Brian. Ask Brian was a business question and answer site started out, and we didn't even think about doing radio when we started the uh, concept. We just wanted to have a place where People could answer business questions, specifically limiting ourselves. So like you do have Quora out there, 
if they can ask questions about anything. We wanted to limit it solely to business questions and answers. And that was how we created the whole Ask Brian concept. And one of our board members had knew somebody that had a radio show and said, do you want to be on a radio show? I went on the radio show and they said I was a natural and that's how I started the Ask Brian show. And in fact, that's the main priority, main business of Ask Brian today. Although we do have a website, we do have over 11,271 members as of last count. The reality is we're mainly a radio show right now teaching people something about business with numerous guests, et cetera. And we're also a podcast. We are also a podcast. Well, that is correct. And then we've had, you know, another company I started was TM Patrol, where we're going to monitor your your trademarks to find out if anyone is trying to infringe upon it or whether or not somebody is registering a domain name. So if somebody registers a domain name, ask Brian, A-S-K-B-R-I-A-N, or A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N-A, it's going to be picked up until we would notify you and tell you, hey, listen, so that's another company that I have started, okay? So <laughs> there's a lot of companies out there that I have started and created as an entrepreneur. Uh, Legal Steps came about because we had, we know that video with YouTube is pretty popular, it's always been popular. I mean, TV really took over for the radio and then streaming and cable, et cetera. People do like to have a visual concept, a lot of about learning and doing things. So we created Legal Step because we wanted some place where people could go and learn how to do these simple legal tasks. So if you wanted to learn how to incorporate, if you wanted to learn how to form an LLC, which is called a limited liability company, or if you wanted to register a trademark, those simple concepts, you can go online. You can purchase a course. We're not actually doing the service for you. LegalZoom, they're actually doing the service for you, and they're charging you a fee. And while it can start out very low, the typical fee for somebody at, or average fee for somebody at, at LegalZoom is probably five to $700, and there's subscription and annual fees consistently going on on that. And then you have on the upper end, you have attorneys that are charging you know, $2,000 to do an incorporation or a trademark. And so what we came up with, we came out with these courses where we charge you $149 and it's created by an attorney, not necessarily myself or at least cases they are, but other attorneys will prepare these online courses to teach you from the state that they live in and teach you how to incorporate within that state. So you know that somebody that's on the other side has the experience and background and knows what they're doing, but they can't provide legal advice because this is a course, and you actually are doing it yourself. We estimate that maybe of 100 incorporations that are done, probably three to five are being done by an attorney, and we figure that about 35 probably are being done by a legal Zoom or a similar service where people go online, pay a fee less than an attorney to go ahead and have them do the entire process for them, and we figure that at least 50% are doing it themselves. Well, when you do something yourself, you know, you may know how to do it, but the majority of people do not have, know how to do something, so they have to learn it. They're going to go to Google. They're going to ask their friends, or if they've gone through the process before, they may try to figure it out. But when you try to figure something out, it takes hours and hours to figure out exactly what you need to do, how to do it. So, you know, you might be spending anywhere from 10 hours to 20 hours to figure out how to do it. There's no guarantees if what you're doing is correct because you don't have a legal background. You don't understand how the process works. So you're kind of just taking a a dart and hoping that it works out. And so we have these courses 
anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and 45 minutes, basically determined based on the subject matter. So whether or not it's an corporation or an LLC or trademark, and we have it on the video so you can actually watch where what they're doing, what steps the uh, teacher is telling you what to do, and you're learning everything you need to know from incorporating to, you know, forming an S corporation to getting your annual reports filed. So every step in the process is being completed. And that, that's what Legal Steps is about to try to help people, mostly do-it-yourselfers or people that don't want to go through, you know, and spend the 600 to $800 on a legal Zoom and then spend a few hundred dollars more per month on a subscription. You know, this is something you can do with yourself. And when you're starting out a company, money is important. So if you have, can save yourself even the seven or $800 doesn't sound like a lot. That might be enough to create a new landing page or to create two or three more ads or, or get to the point where you can get closer to profitability. So money counts and it is money based in the sense that it's very low price, but we're teaching everybody and it's being taught by an attorney. So it's not being taught by somebody that has no legal background or no legal training. They have to be a licensed attorney to actually prepare the course. So you know that the information you're getting is really good. So that's the real reason why we have legal steps around. That's what legal steps does. And that's how I got there from starting. I started out with my own online incorporation and trademark service back in 1996, seven years before LegalZoom and six years before Google. Okay. You and I were talking about this analogy of teaching some of the fish versus fishing for you. So help me understand how that metaphor is related to getting incorporated and doing it on your own. So so you have three possibilities, as we discussed earlier. One, you can hire an attorney, pay $2,000, and every time you need to do something, you call the attorney, and you'll be spending probably $1,000 a year minimum just for issues regarding incorporation of law. Okay, that's your option, and basically that's where you're buying your fish, right? Similar concept is LegalZoom, and by the way, LegalZoom is one of at least 500 online incorporation companies. LegalZoom just has established itself as a big brand name, but there are hundreds and hundreds of other online incorporation services and online trademark service companies out there that exist. But again, there also are, you're paying them 500 to $700 to $800 plus two to $300 a year to maintain your services through a company like that. And they are doing it for you much less than an attorney. So it's kind of a middle ground. Uh, but you still are paying that money and you still are paying buying your fish. Legal steps is we're teaching how to fish. The metaphor being that we're going to teach you how to incorporate. So if you take the course, you'll learn, not only learn how to incorporate, but the next time you have an incorporation or to follow up and continue your subscription, you know, services with legals and whatever and going back to them every time you need to do something every year, you just take out the course, review that section and say, aha, that's how I have to do it, and I will just, you know, watch the course and do it myself. So it's do-it-yourself. This is more Home Depot versus, you know, calling up the plumber to do the whole thing. And this way, you can actually save money and learn how to do the whole process on your own and always know how to do it. And there's a lot of steps that people don't realize in the process. So, you know, like you can go to the legal zone maybe, and you don't realize I mean, they're going to sell you on stuff, but you don't realize. So for legal steps, just on the incorporation course, and this is just one example, I hate to just go over one section, but they'll teach you how to incorporate, but that's like step A. After learning how to incorporate, that doesn't do a lot for you. Then you have to get 
a taxpayer identification number. A taxpayer identification number is similar to like a social security number. You have that number that identifies your specific corporation to open up a bank account or on your credit or actually to file your tax returns. You'll need that tax ID number. They're going to teach you how to do that. Then most corporations want to do what's called an S-corporation. An S-corporation is called a small business election by the IRS. And in order to do that, you have to fill out a form and you have to file it with the IRS and the IRS has to approve you. Just because you say you want to become an S-corporation doesn't make you an S-corporation. What is an S-corporation? Besides being a small business election, it allows you to be taxed at your own individual tax rate. So normally, if you just form a corporation, it's a C-corp. That C-corp will pay the highest tax rate allowed, so let's say 35%, and you'll be paying 35% taxes. Then, when you take your money out of the company, you'll be taking it out as a dividend, and you'll be paying taxes as a dividend. Now, that's good for public corporations and huge corporations, but if you can qualify to become an S-corporation, which we go through all the qualifications as well in the course, you can be taxed at your own individual tax rate. So if your own individual tax rate is 12% because based on your income and you qualify as an S-corporation, your income will be taxed at that rate, not at the higher rate of 35% and not, again, as a dividend when the money is taken out. So there's a lot of advantages to forming the S-corporation. The course will teach you can you qualify and if you qualify, what you need to do and how to get it approved by the IRS. That's a very, very big benefit to people. Then they're also going to teach you how to prepare what's called minutes and bylaws. The minutes and bylaws are basically bylaws are rules and regulations that govern your business. And minutes are basically allow you to elect officers and directors for the corporation, determine who, what the bank account's going to be, who can enter into contracts, many, many different things. Minutes are very, very important to a corporation. Without minutes, without bylaws, and there's a lot more things that are going to have to be done for an entity. Without doing these things, you will not be a valid entity. Being a valid entity also is very, very important. If you are not a valid entity, and there's a lot more things within these courses that they teach you, if you don't follow all of the corporate formalities, like the minutes, like the bylaws, like opening up a bank account, and there's a lot more things, well, what will happen? You will become personally liable for any of the debts of the corporation. So it's very, very important to follow the formalities. When you go to a course like LegalZoom, you're going to buy some of these things. If you buy everything, yeah, you're going to be spending eight, $900 out the door. And on top of that, every year when you need something done, you're going to have to pay a recurring fee, either for a registered agent. I think they charge about $259 just for that or compliance where they'll tell you different things that you need to get done. So they're, they're charging recurring fees. In our business model, you take the course, you have the course on your laptop or your computer, and you can check it out anytime. And as long as you're following all the corporate formalities, you're going to avoid being personally liable. So there's a lot of stuff, and a lot of reasons of why you would want to take the course. And this is why we say it's like teaching somebody how to fish as opposed to giving them a fish. Because every year, you know, when the fish is out at LegalZoom, you need to buy more fish. When... <laughs> I love it. I love it. We are in summertime, so I guess, you know, fishing is 
what people are doing now. You know, not everybody's working like we are, but go ahead. Yeah, well, exactly. That's why we have those. That's how come we got that 10,000-hour status in like a year and a half. Okay, so I have a question for you. So you you're talking about the tax benefits of the C-Corp the S-Corp, but can't you have an LLC but then elect to file your taxes as an S-Corp? Like, does the course cover stuff like that? So, so it does. And so an LLC is a limited liability company. The LLC itself, just so people are aware, in America, they've had incorporations since the 1200s before America was even formed. But in 1979, Wyoming, the first state in America, came out with what's called the first Limited Liability Company Act. And what they did is they said it's a company that has the same limited liability protections as a corporation, but can be run and operated as a partnership. And the first law was passed by Wyoming in 1979. Most states have LLC laws now. The law in California was not passed until 1995. So prior until 1995, they did not have LLCs. Let me just go over what an LLC is. So limited liability means that you your liability is limited to the assets within the business itself. If you run your business as a DBA, meaning doing business as or fictitious business name, or operate your business on your own as a sole proprietor, you will be personally liable for all of your business obligations. So if you enter into a lease and you're leasing your store or somebody trips and falls on your store, or if something happens on your business and you're on an online business, somebody sues you for fraud or something online like that, you are personally liable for any debts of that business. If you run your business as a sole proprietor, or, and that could include having a DBA, which is doing business as or fictitious business name or so proprietor. If you form an LLC or if you form a corporation, you have this doctrine known as limited liability, meaning that you will not be liable for anything more than the assets within the business itself, meaning that they can't come against you personally. Now, there are numerous, numerous exceptions. I would, I would tell you the advice from the lawyer in the state where you're located in. But the reality is that is the general principles that you are not going to be liable for anything. There are definitely things such as you can't go over and hit somebody over the head with a baseball bat and say, aha, I have a corporation, I'm not responsible, because that's what we call an intentional act. So those things are excluded. You can't commingle. These are just some examples, and this is not legal advice, but you cannot commingle your personal debt and your business debt. So you can't use your business account to pay for your haircut unless you're in you know, if you're in the fashion world, you might be able to. But reality-wise, you know, if you're just, you know, running podcast business, well, and you're not on TV, you probably can't take off your haircuts. You can't use the business assets, business expenses have to be taken out of the company. If you use it for personal, then you're what's called commingling. That's not allowed, okay? If you commit intentional acts, that's not allowed. Those are the main ones. And thirdly, if you do not follow corporate formality. So if you have a corporation and you don't prepare minutes, you don't prepare bylaws, you don't file your annual reports, you don't file your income tax returns, you don't have meetings, these are the type of things where you can become personally liable as if you didn't form your entity. So long as you stay away from those areas and, again, check with your specific state and check with the specific acts you're attempting to do, most likely you're not going to be liable. And that's what it's all about. Now, limited liability protection, the reason why LLCs have profoundly higher in volume right now is because you do not have to file as many corporate formalities 
if you file as an LLC, you can run it as a business, as like a partnership concept, and you're still going to have that limited liability protection. So it's kind of a hybrid. But for instance, states like California, if you're a lawyer or a doctor or a dentist, you can't form an LLC. Certain states have allowed or do allow those to be formed in those states. But that's one of the things is the occupation or business that you're in have to be checked. So, Tracy, you had some more questions? Yes. Well, I think they're just, it's a really tactical question is just helping me understand and our audience understand, like, what is a registered agent? Because I know that's always been a bit confusing for me when I've tried to register my own corporations. And I'm sure you covered this in the course, but I was curious if you could give us some insight on what that is. So, even though technically a corporation is a person or an LLC is technically a person, it's a business. And somebody has to be willing to accept documents on behalf of that business, a human being. For instance, if you have a DBA and it's just Tracy's podcast business, and I can go ahead and serve Tracy because Tracy owns it. But if I want to do Tracy's podcast LLC, well, that's a legal entity. And the reason why you have limited liability protection is because it's a separate legal entity with its own separate taxpayer identification number. So somebody has to be willing to accept documents that's within the state of where you re- registered your entity to be able to serve you with documents. That doesn't mean just service of documents. Obviously, if you get hit with a lawsuit, that's a rarity, but that could be a reason. But just to give documents such as the IRS wants to send you a letter or the state wants to send a letter, they have to be able to give it to a person. And so a registered agent has to be someone that can accept documents on behalf of a legal entity. Now, you can be your own registered agent in your own state, and that's fine. But then remember, if you are the registered agent and you do list an address, uh, you might be served with a document, not know what's going on. You might receive documents, or you might not be there. Sometimes people aren't there all the time, and they get they find out that they were served with a lawsuit six weeks ago, and the time period to respond has expired. So that's why a lot of people have registered agents, so they have people there that know what they're doing, and these people actually just accept documents all the time on behalf of different people. Okay. Well, you know, there's so much more we could talk about and dig into this, and I'm sure we'll have another episode where we can do that. But in the meantime, there's a lot of, of really, really good resources in the content that you shared today with us, Peter. And I want to remind everybody that there is a podcast version of the radio show that you can go and download and listen back to and take very copious notes about all of the good resources. And I know people are going to want to do that. And if you do, you want to go to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, XM, Pandora, iHeart, all of the above. And search and download the Ask Brian. That's A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N, the Ask Brian podcast. And in the meantime, you've probably got a lot of people salivating to want to sign up for these courses. So tell everybody how they can get to legal steps and get started. So just like Ask Brian, we spell it in a different name. It's L-E-G-A-L-S-T-E-P-Z. Z. That's like Brian spelled with an E. Legal steps is spelled with a Z, no S. So it's legal steps, L-E-G-A-L. S-T-E-P-Z dot com. And if you go to the website, you'll learn a lot of information about the different courses, the different information there, and you can actually just purchase the course if you want. If you have any questions, you can always send an email, and either myself or someone at the company will get back to you to explain to you to try to help you out. 
Unfortunately, our show is over. So thank you very much for listening to KHS 1220, 98.1 FM, The Ask Brian Show. Thanks, Tracy. Over and out. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.